Did you know that within a decade, women will hold $30 trillion in investable assets? Yet somehow, only 19% of women reported feeling confident in selecting investments that align with their long-term goals. Our friends at InvestHer are out to change that. InvestHerCon is the number one premier conference for women in real estate, and it's happening June 2nd through the 4th in Austin, Texas. InvestHerCon is not just another real estate conference. It's a transformational experience focused on real estate investing, business strategies, and self-care tactics, all designed to help women take control of their financial futures. Gain the knowledge and skills you need to grow your portfolio and build a sustainable business, all while connecting with over 500 women who are playing at the same level. To learn more and to get your tickets, visit InvestHerCon.com today and use the code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. That's InvestHer, H-E-R, Con.com, promo code 100BESTEVER to get $100 off your ticket. Are you ready for the best real estate investing advice ever? Join Joe Fairless and today's successful real estate professional as they share it with you. Let's go. A quick word from our sponsor, The Door Devil. Homeowners spend hundreds on alarm systems each year, but rarely reinforce the weakest point on the home, the doors. Bad guys know this, and that's why kick-ins are so common. Simply adding door devils virtually eliminates the home security gap. Sleep better tonight. Reinforce your doors. Visit doordevil.com and enter best ever to get an exclusive 20% discount on your purchase. Hello, Best Ever listeners. Welcome to the Best Real Estate Investing Advice Ever show. I'm Joe Fairless, and I'm here with today's guest, Mark Ferguson. Hi, Mark. Hi, Joe. Thank you for having me. Oh, my pleasure. It's nice to have someone from Colorado. I think I'm trying to think of if I've ever interviewed anyone who's in Colorado. I don't know if I have. Um, so you're the very first one. So congratulations on that. <laughs> Oh, great. Thank you. <laughs> and I know that Denver is a hot market right now, so um, super relevant. A little bit about Mark before he gets into his background in more detail. He's been a realtor for over 10 years, since 2001 to be exact. He runs a team that has sold an average of 200 homes a year over the last two years. He is the owner of 11 long-term rentals. And he fix and flips about 10 to 15 homes a year. Right now, he's got eight fix and flip projects in progress. His goal is to have 100 rental properties by January of 2023. And he's the founder of Invest for More. That's invest, F-O-U-R, more, M-O-R-E, dot com. And that's a real estate investing blog. So we have a single-family home and fix-and-flip investor with us. Can you tell the Best Ever listeners a little bit more about your background? And sounds like you're focused on fix-and-flips, but can you tell us also you know, what you're up to? Um, yeah, yeah, of course. I started out in real estate in 2001, but my background goes well before that. My father became a licensed agent in 1978, so I grew up around real estate. He actually did fix and flips uh, when I was in high school. I told myself I would never get into the real estate industry, so I was going to do something else. I ended up going to college, getting a degree in business finance, 
after college, I couldn't find a job. So I said, hey, I'll do real estate part-time. That turned into full-time. 13 years later, I'm doing it, and I am so glad I didn't find a finance job. But, um, <laughs> yeah, I <laughs> when I first got into real estate, I was just an agent. I struggled for a long time because I didn't have a niche. I wasn't great at talking to people. I didn't have any goals. Then I found the REO foreclosure world. I started listing REOs, um, started making goals. My career took off, and about three and a half years ago, I started investing in single-family rentals. So I've bought 11 single-family rentals in the last three and a half years, and I've always been doing fix and flips with my dad, but I took over the entire business last September from him, and I've been focusing on you know, building that up as much as possible. I had 10 fix and flips going up until the last week, and I actually sold two last week. So it's it's been a busy time. And then, yeah, my blog, I focus a lot of time on that as well. You know, we had over 160,000 visits last month. So that's been crazy busy. It's uh could not be done without a team, that's for sure. What's an average deal look like from a number standpoint when you do a fix and flip? You know, in my market, so I'm I'm north of Denver, about 50 miles. So we're not quite as crazy with our prices as Denver is. I can still get a property from 80,000 to 150,000 and I usually end up selling that $80,000 property for about 1 40 to 150 and it would need maybe 15 to 20,000 in work. Got it. So about 40, $40,000 profit in that example. Um, well, probably more like 20 to 25 once you figure holding costs, carrying costs, financing costs, all of the costs that many people don't consider. And, and how long does it take for you to flip it? Oh, I would love if it was a shorter time period, but uh, since I have so many, my biggest problem is finding contractors, and it's been taking me probably six to eight months to sell each one. I would love for that to be about four months, but I'm each property is usually waiting about two months before a contractor frees up to work on it. With your goal of 100 rental properties by January of 2023... And you know, you've you've bought eleven rentals in the last three and a half years, and they're all single-family homes, which I find really interesting. Uh, that you aren't focused on multifamily, because what I've the people I talk to, and quite frankly myself included, started out with singles and then then uh, decided to change, you know, transition into multifamily. Um, what's the rationale for why you're sticking to single-family homes? Um, the biggest thing is I think it's very region specific. So I see, you know, I pay attention to a lot of the areas of the country, different returns people get. And for whatever reason, Colorado has horrible cap rates on multifamily properties. It's really hard to find anything above 5% cap rate right now on multifamily. And for me, you know, especially since I focus on single family, as a realtor, I know those properties so well that I can get a lot better deal on a single family than I can a multifamily. 
am I making more money on my single-family rentals than I am a multifamily? And part of that, I think, is very region-specific. Our rents have gone crazy over the last couple of years. Um, I can buy a single-family rental for about 120 to 140 and that house will rent for 1500 And our taxes are so low here that my taxes are probably 600 to 700 a year on that house. Um, for multifamily, if I want a basic four-unit, two-bedroom, one-bath property, I'm paying $250,000 for that property that might rent for $2,000, $2,200 a month. So it's kind of crazy how it's backwards here from a lot of different parts of the country. That's really backwards, then, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then um, it's the same for commercial, too, for whatever reason. They're really low cap rates as well. And then there's so many more single-family homes that I can usually get a better deal than the multi. And I really focus on buying below market, short sales, REO, estate sales, so I can make money as soon as I buy that property. You have a good team in place. You said you you run a team of 10 people who have sold an average of 200 homes a year over the last two years. Um, I know, based on what we were talking about before we started recording, that you credited your team. You said, I have a great team. So uh, with that being in place, you have a great team. How the heck, in addition to having the great team, are you able to sell 200 homes a year? Well, a lot of that is my team. So uh, when, I first, <laughs> when I first started getting busy with REO, I hired an assistant. Um, she's been great, really freed up my time so I could focus on more things. Um, we started selling more houses. I hired another assistant. And right now we have six agents on my team. So they all sell houses. Then I still have my REO I'm also a HUD listing broker, so most of my listings come from HUD, and then the other agents sell houses on our team. And the great thing about it is, you know, they'll do their own thing, they'll sell their houses, I get paid part of their commission for basically, you know, helping them out, giving them some support, but they do most of the work and I still get paid. It's a good business model, a good way to scale it too, and everybody benefits. Right. And then... My assistants also can help me out with um, my contracts, my work, uh, fix and flips, taking, keeping track of utilities, expenses, same thing with my rental properties. They all help take care of all the, the little paperwork and things I hate doing. Based on your experience fixing and flipping, being an investor, and you know, being an active realtor, Mark, what is your best real estate investing advice ever? Well, for the best ever listeners, for single-family rentals, I think it's invest for cash flow. So I know a lot of people, they get caught up in a rising market like we have right now. They just want to buy an investment property, and they don't focus on the cash flow. I think a lot of people get in trouble because, one, they don't figure for vacancies that may come up. They don't figure for maintenance. They don't have any cash flow. They're spending, you know, $500 a month on this rental property. They're supposed to be making them money. Then if the market goes down, all of a sudden they've got these properties at 
don't make money, they can't sell, and they're really stuck. But if you've got cash flow, even if the market goes down, and you're still making money, you can weather the storm, and it's a good investment. Now, for fix and flips, I think you have to know your cost. Like we talked about, you know, you said you make $40,000 per flip when you subtract the sell price or the repairs from the sell price and what you bought it for. But people don't think about the finance costs, insurance, utilities, maintenance, you know, everything that goes into it. But many people look at a flip, hey, there's 20000 in profit right there. But once they get to it, all the costs, they broke even and they might even lose money. So that's my best ever advice. Let's talk about each of those real quick. Single family invest for cash flow. I think um, a lot of the best ever listeners have probably heard that you should invest for cash flow. But then you mentioned something uh, interesting as far as vacancy allocation and maintenance allocation. Make sure that's allocated uh, properly. When you're looking to invest in single family homes for cash flow, what type of allocations do you put towards vacancies and maintenance, and how do you come up with those numbers? Um, I usually expect about five to ten percent for vacancies, so of, of, of the monthly rent. So our vacancies have been much lower than that right now, but I still figure for that, just in case, you know, one eviction or one bad tenant can create that 10% for all your properties pretty quickly if they go through a lengthy eviction or they trash a property. So I think at least 5% of your monthly rent should go towards vacancies. Maintenance is a little harder because it varies on each property. You know, what condition it's in, how old it is, and a lot of times, you know, how good your tenants are. So I like to figure at least 10%, but, um, more often, 15 or even 20% of the rents go towards maintenance or capital repairs. You know, if a roof needs done or, you know, tenant moves out, they've trashed the carpet, the paint. You know, those expenses can add up pretty quickly. Makes sense. And with vacancies, I do the same thing. I look at the market and I always have a estimate of 10% vacancy uh, if the market is performing better than 10%, if the market is performing um, less than 10% uh, or greater, I guess, in this case. Um, so if there's more than 10% vacancies in the market, then I'll go with whatever you know the market is, is doing. Um, that way, there's it's, it's more conservative whenever we're projecting the vacancies. And maintenance allocations, that's, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned the 10 to 20% of go to capital repairs of collected rent. Um, that's that's a good rule of thumb for the best ever listeners. For fix and flips, uh, know your costs. Are there any costs that are surprising that you didn't mention other than the ones that you already did mention, which finance costs, insurance, utilities, and maintenance? Are there any other costs the best ever listeners should be aware of when you fix and flip? Uh, the biggest thing to remember is your repair costs will always be higher than what you think they are. You know, I've been doing this for a long time, and it seems like every single deal I do, my repairs are more than I thought they would be. And there's a lot of reasons that happens. I mean, one is you don't really know how much work a house needs until you start getting into it, really having your contractor look at what's there, 
if you start tearing into walls, you're always going to find surprises you didn't know about. So I always add at least 5000 to my repair estimates. So if I think it's going to be 15000 in work, I'll automatically add 5000 to it because I know my contractor is going to find something else that needs done. Uh, besides that, um, the length of time, the length of time it takes to flip is usually longer than I think it's going to be. So, you know, if you think it's going to take four months to flip a house and you figure your interest, you know, your insurance, all those, those costs on four months to take six months to flip, you know, that's a lot of extra money, you know, five, even $10,000 extra for that extra time it took to flip. So you've really got to be prepared for extra repair costs and plan for it to take longer than you think it will. I'm a living, breathing example of both those things. I uh, bought a whole—I bought a house through a wholesale dealer about three years ago, and it was—it was, it was a, overall it was a good experience. But I didn't do good enough due diligence on the property. Bought it for thirty-five thousand uh, dollars. Thought it would take five thousand to get to be moving ready. Ended up costing fifteen thousand. Thought it would take. Two months to do the work ended up ended up taking five months to do the work, and wow. the projections were certainly a lot different. Whenever the real numbers and time frame were plugged in, um, still ended up doing all right with the property uh, because bought it low enough where it was it was worth more than that, but um, didn't make as much as I thought I would. Uh, and one of the learnings I have from that is you know what you mentioned. Um, and that's to pad those estimates. And that was the first type of property I'd done in with that type of model and uh, learned a lot. Mark, are you ready for the best ever lightning round? I am ready. All right, let's do it. Best ever book you've read? Uh, Think and Grow Rich. Best ever personal growth experience and what you've learned from it? Um, I took Jack Canfield personal coaching last year in – I took that to try and increase my income and and grow my business and it ended up changing my entire life personally stress related my outlook it was an amazing experience what did you learn from it I learned not to worry about the little things about not having to be perfect with all the tasks I do about once I finish something and it's done I can't change it I can't go back in time so don't worry about it not being done right by making a mistake. It's a learning experience. It's not a failure. It just made me relax. It made me be happier. And I also made more money at the same time. So it was a fantastic experience. Best ever success habit you practice? Uh, setting goals. So actually part of my coaching program was I had to create 100 goals, which is pretty difficult. I think I came up with 87 my first try and just getting those goals in my head, thinking about what do I, I want to accomplish in life. It just really gets my mind in the right place. And I usually take one, two or three of those goals and I focus on those goals. I break them down on what I have to do to accomplish them, when I have to do it, who I need help from. And that really just helps keep me focused on my business or even personal life goals and what I have to do to get there. 
best ever deal you've done? Um, I did a flip a couple years ago that we bought for 208000 We sold it for 370000 three months later, and it needed about 10000 in work. How did you find the property? It was actually listed on HubZoo, the auction site, and at that time, they had a buy it now feature that would pop up, and they had it grossly underpriced, just incredibly low. And I knew that buy it now feature would pop up, and I was watching it, and as soon as it popped up, I bought it, and we got it for that 208. I'm guessing if they didn't have that feature, it probably would have gone up to 250 or more for that property. Wow. If if it didn't mess up the audio, I would clap for you. I mean, that's incredible. <laughs> Congratulations on still, that. Yeah, I haven't seen them use that option lately, so I you, think they may have learned <laughs> a little bit. You shut it down. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Best ever quote. Um, Don't worry about failure. You only have to be right once, which is from Drew Houston of Dropbox. And I think that just really gives you the idea that, you know, I don't even like the word failure. I like to think of mistakes as learning experiences, as education. You know, everything I did wrong in the past helped me get to where I am today and helped me learn how to do things better. So I think just the attitude of not being afraid to make mistakes, not being afraid to fail, it just makes such a huge difference. And I have another one, too, that isn't really a quote, but it's from... The War of Art by Stephen Pressfield, who actually wrote the movie Bagger Vance. But the idea is conquer the resistance. And it's just talking about whenever you do something big or have a huge project, when you get towards the end, something distracts you. You you get into a mode of not wanting to finish. You just can't get it done. And his idea is that that's called resistance. And if you realize it's there and you just get through it, you can do great things in life. But if you let that resistance stop you, then you'll never finish what you really need to do. So many people stop five yards in front of the goal line, and it's just like one last push will get them there. And I I think that that passage will uh, serve as a great reminder. Thanks for sharing that. Oh, yeah, no problem. Mark, what's the best ever way to reach you? Um, on my blog, investformore.com, so, um, like I said, that's invest, and it's the number four spelled out, F-O-U-R-M-O-R-E.com. But uh, yeah, I write a couple articles every week that I write myself. You know, 90% of the material is all from me. And then my email address is on there. If people ever want to email me, it's mark at investformore.com. I love helping out people if I can, answering questions, and uh yeah, that's the best way. All right. Well, is there anything that you wanted to add that we didn't get a chance to talk about on today's call? Um, I guess one last thing. If you want to be a serious investor, if you really want to make it you know, a huge part of your life, I think becoming a real estate agent is a huge bonus that lets you save a lot of money on commissions and will let you find a lot more deals. All right. Well, thanks for that last parting piece of advice. And 
Um, I I think you know clearly your experience with fix and flips and actively doing it and your mindset is certainly uh, that of the other successful best ever guests that I've had on this show where you know it's it's really not failure it's an opportunity for growth and what can you learn from it and you know it's it's crazy the amount of challenges that we'll come across whenever we whenever we state that the goal is XYZ but as long as we have that mentality of you know what I'm I'm going to make it happen and everything that's happening to me um, is just helping me learn from my experiences and get that much closer to the goal. Um, I, I love that. So thanks so much for sharing. And, and then also, obviously, your practical advice on the single families and fix and flips and the cost breakdown and shining some light on the costs with fix and flips where it's really not just, all right, how much are repairs? It's how much are Repairs plus finance costs plus holding costs plus insurance, utilities, maintenance, all all of that good stuff. So thanks a lot, and we will talk to you soon. All right, great. Thank you very much. It was a great time. All right. Bye, Mark. Bye. Bye, Joe. Hey, you, best ever listener. Do you want more? Then head to JoeFairless.com, where there are tons of free videos, templates, and content to help you get deals done. And if you want Joe to personally help you reach your goals, then go to the Work With Joe tab on JoeFairless.com and apply to, well, Work With Joe.